Welcome to day 108 of Shaped by the Word, season 3, the story of the prophets. We're enjoying another week in the prophecy of Isaiah, magnificent poetry, incredible images. He takes the entire Old Testament story, you know, from creation to the Exodus, uh, and brings it you know, beautifully together, pointing us to an even greater work of creation and the greater Exodus you know, that God will bring about in, in, in the last days. So as we've been reading through this this week, it's been it's been kind of fun just to uh, look at really beautiful Hebrew poetry to see the images and to see how Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wields those images and calls us into a relationship uh, with the Heavenly Father. And uh, we realize once again what a wonderful gift we have in God's Word uh, that calls us, that bids us uh, to come close to Him, to drop in Him, uh, to be gathered together as he desires to gather us under the protection of his wing. So as we read, as, as always, we pause and realize we're, we're, we're in a holy place. It's time to take our shoes off. It's time to settle in the presence of the Lord, to see him for who he is. So I know that was a big build-up to the prayer there, but Katie, could you, uh, yeah. could you invite us into that moment? Sure. Father, we're just as we read your word, as we talk about um, the chaos that can surround us, um, Father, would you still our hearts? And would you um, just lift our heads and so that we can lift our eyes to you and um, not be overwhelmed by the things that surround us, um, the things that can so easily steal our, our attention, um, but so that we can be comforted by the knowledge that you are a sovereign God, that you are um, so involved in, in the details of our lives and you are our sustainer and our comforter and um, that you are an all-powerful God um, and you know what you're doing. So would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to, to um, seek you in the midst of chaos and not seek comfort in other things. Um, would you do all these things, Lord? These are a lot of requests, but they're requests we know you're able to do because you are good and you are powerful. So would you do these things um, and be with us as we read your word? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And we're still in Isaiah chapter 51. We pick up in verse 17. And awake, awake, rise up, Jerusalem. You have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath. You have drained it to its dregs, the goblet that makes people stagger. Among all the children she bore, there was none to guide her. Among all the children she reared, there was none to take her by the hand. These double calamities have come upon you. Who can comfort you? Ruin and destruction, famine and sword. Who can console you? Your children have fainted. They lie at every street corner like an antelope caught in a net. They're filled with the wrath of the Lord, with the rebuke of your God. Therefore, hear this, you afflicted one, made drunk, but not with wine. This is what your sovereign Lord says, your God who defends his people. See, I've taken out of your hand the cup that made you stagger from the cup, the goblet of my wrath. You will never drink again. I'll put it in the hands of your tormentors who said to you, fall prostrate that we may walk on you and have made your back like the ground, like a street to be walked upon. Um, I've loved the images, you know, of, of the two cups. Am I supposed to read a little bit more? Yeah, yeah we're supposed to go a little bit further. So we'll get back to the images of the two cups <laughs> after we continue in Isaiah 52. Awake, awake, Zion. 
clothe yourself with strength, put your garment of splendor on. Jerusalem, the holy city, the uncircumcised and the defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust, rise up, sit enthroned to Jerusalem. For yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter of Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says, you were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately Assyria has oppressed them. And now what do I have here, declares the Lord, for my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who ruled them mocked, declares the Lord. And all day long my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore my people will know my name, therefore in that day they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up your voices. Together they will shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Depart, depart, go out from there, touch no unclean thing. Come out of it and be pure, you who carry the articles of the Lord's house. But you will not, <laughs> but you will not leave in haste or go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. All right. And we have two invitations to a return, you know, to a return in singing. And then we have, as I was talking about a while ago, the two images, you know, the two cups. One is a is a joyous cup, you know, celebrating the bounty of the Lord. And, of course, the other is a, is a cup that causes everyone who uh, drinks it, you know, to have their teeth turn on edge. It's a dreadful cup. And I've always liked, you know, the image of the Lord's table. It's before the Lord goes to the cross, he offers us the cup of God's blessing, the new covenant in Christ Jesus and he himself drinks this cup to its uh, its bitter dregs. Yeah, I love how they say that in the middle of verse 22. He says, I have taken out of your hand the cup, the cup that made you stagger. That is a beautiful scene. That uh, Not that he gives us a better cup, which he does, but also mm-hmm. takes away the cup that makes us stagger. And that's really beautiful. We would know. never have the ability to take it out of our own hands, <laughs> right? I mean, it has to be something that, that God takes that's out a grace. on his own. It is good. It's, I mean, thinking about just the imagery of the cup too that we see throughout throughout the prophets, and and then getting to Jesus, and you know, Jesus even asking his disciples, "Are you able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink?" You know, and they're like, "Hey, we're willing." He's like, "No, <laughs> you don't understand." You know, but but so seeing, you, you indeed will drink that cup. <laughs> yeah. In other words, you will experience bitterness, and you will experience you know death. Yeah, mm-hmm. but just seeing you know in these images, just again that that a. Uh, how how alive the word was, you know, in in Jesus and and him being able to even see these images being fulfilled in what he's about to do. That you know, the reason why the cup is taken out of our hand is because that he drinks the cup, you know, for us. And and ultimately, these images are pointing us towards, um, I mean, th- that great salvation that that we do have in Christ Jesus. And and so, just uh, again, for me, beautiful images that awaken my heart to to what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, you have those images. You were sold for nothing, and without money, you'll be redeemed. And of course, that you gave yourself away so cheaply, mm-hmm. and you yourself would never be able to pay, you know, the price of your own redemption. 
uh, but it is given to you freely. The same way you cheaply give yourself away to another, I've fully given myself to you so that you be redeemed without cost to yourself, but uh, the cost that is weighed on you know, the servant of the Lord, you know, as we see in these in these passages. And you see the rehearsal of, you know, they've gone to Egypt and they've gone, you know, to Assyria. And, and of course, Babylon is, is pictured here. And you have the picture of them, you know, coming back out of exile. And it says, this time not in haste, you'll walk out in peace, mm-hmm. you know, because of my blessing. And speaking of cup, it's kind of a different cup kind of thing, you know, going on here. But uh, whenever Nebuchadnezzar conquers, you know, Babylon, he takes the articles uh, used for the worship of the Lord out of the temple. And, of course, over that moment when Belshazzar said, go get those cups and let's party. And, of course, it's there, you know, that's written, you know, you've been weighed and put in a balance and you've come up, you know, wanting and, and, the, and the kingdom is taken from his hands. Uh, but these these cups are going to be restored to their rightful owner and their rightful use, which is is the worship of the Lord. So the articles of the temple are making the journey, you know, back with them. Mm-hmm. You have to love verse 19. You know, he asked the question, the question, these double calamities have come upon you. Who can comfort you? Ruin, destruction, famine, sword. Who can console you? And then when it gets, you know, further into the song, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. You who say to Zion, your God reigns. You know, listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. You know, and what great news. And, and of course, you know, that should sound familiar to us because Paul's going to pick that up in, in Romans and say, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news that the Lord has accomplished something And he's incredible. redeemed his people in he's the, the person of Jesus. Yeah. Well, it should also be you know, familiar to us because it's, it's the very word from what we, uh, we get our idea of gospel. So in the uh, Greek version of the Old Testament, uh, the word, uh, the word euangelon or the word for, for gospel is there. And this is everything that is portrayed in the New Testament is, is this announcement. And the coming of Jesus mm-hmm. is the good news of the ushering in of God's peace because your God uh, your God reigns. Uh, the kingdom has overtaken us and overcome uh, all of the enemies of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is the announcement. And, and, of course, again, the people are not sitting in Jerusalem waiting for a come. They're sitting in Babylon. Yeah, and the messenger that comes over, you know, the peak of the, you know, the peak of that hill is saying, "Your God reigns and has restored you, mm-hmm. and you're walking home with His treasures in your hands to be restored as a people of God." And, and of course, the return from the exile is only the first part of this. It's still being, you know, completely, you know, fulfilled. The promises that are here are both promises that we experience in part, you know, through Jesus Christ. They experienced in part as the return to the land. Uh, but we'll experience in in our in their fullness, you know, when we see them face to face. So you have all of the dimensions of prophecy, uh, the fulfillment for them in returning to Jerusalem, the fulfillment for God's people in the coming of the King, and of course the ultimate fulfillment uh, for all those who name the name of the Lord in the in the new heavens and the new earth. So you have all of those shades of prophecy taking place here as well. I love the ending, uh, the end of verse twelve. You know, you won't leave in haste or go in flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Like, I'm going ahead of you. I've got your back. That's a pretty nice and reassuring words that he's... Surrounds us. He it's has like Exodus, it. We're, we have a far safe. better Exodus. Yeah. No, it is a far better Exodus. And there's still a far better Exodus coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the, 
And it's, uh, you know, usually when my friends say, I've got your back, I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure you do. <laughs> this is the guy, he's got your back. <laughs> he says, I got you in the front and I have you in the yeah. back. And uh, I've, I've just got you. Psalm 139. covered you. Yeah. Yeah, him, you, him, us in, behind and before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful picture. Katie, on that note, why don't you close us with a yeah. word of prayer? Father, thank you that you have given us a reason to sing. Um, you've given us joy in our hearts where um, without you there would be none. You've given us um, such hope and um, you have redeemed your people and you continue to redeem your people. And so as we um, as we wait um, for the fulfillment of the complete fulfillment of all these things, um, would you would you just be with us and um, comfort us with continue to comfort us with with these words with your word um, and with your presence? Thank you for passages like this. It's in Christ's precious and, and powerful name that we pray. Amen. <laughs>